You're listening to Fox Given, the one with Dane Baptist. Hello, Hi. Florence. Oh, snap. Wow. We did that the Well, that was like time. the squeakiest voice I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Just <laughs> went a few octaves too high. Are you, yeah. you okay this morning, Florence? I've woken up in like the worst mood today. Like just one of those days where you open your eyes and you're just like, eh. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck today. <laughs> yeah. Fuck today. I feel I you. think it's because like, as much as like recording in the morning is fine for me, sometimes I'm like, today's not the day I want to like wake up. But you know what? It's, I'm not complaining. It's a good thing to get me up early to invigorate me I definitely feel like in a better mood already and yeah. I'm seeing my mum later mm. today so it'll be great anyway boring shit that curious fuckers don't <laughs> don't want to hear about yeah well I yeah I do agree with you it's like a lot of the time it's hard to psych ourselves up sometimes to create content or do a podcast but by the end of it we do feel yeah. like 3,000 yeah. times better yeah so much better like my updates, I don't really think I can talk about too much apart from just being like, I'm masturbating again, but it's not that exciting. You know what I have noticed in getting into like this new romance that <laughs> I am not perfect. <laughs> I, I can't take my own fucking advice. And I feel like I give everyone else such amazing advice about relationships but when it comes to myself i'm clingy i'm needy i talk too much i want everything i want validation all the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm you know round of applause florence it takes a very very strong big person to admit that that is i'm very proud of you um i'm also going through the same similar aspects of like oh wow maybe the reason why we argue is because of me like there's the pattern through all of my past relationships oh shit maybe it's not all your fault after all maybe some of it is actually mine (laughs) yeah Um, yeah we're not perfect even though we talk about this for a living and i think this is like imposter syndrome and we're like we go into relationships thinking I'm going to be the best girlfriend <laughs> that this person has ever, ever had. had. And Be- I don't have sex. any issues. Best everything. Because... Best communicator. <laughs> Literally. I mean, I am a very good communicator. That is one thing. But maybe overly sometimes. Uh, see, uh, yeah, sorry. You carry on. <laughs> I, no, uh, what were you going to say? Well, I, I genuinely think that I am the best communicator. And in recent <laughs> yeah. weeks, I've realized that I'm really fucking not. And no. I, I can't like I can't point and blame and be like, you need to go to therapy. You need to communicate better. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, uh, no, I still have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the difference is, is actually putting in the work, recognizing it and putting in the work to learn better. Exactly. Um, and being com- aware of it. That is the most important thing is being aware of your own behavior. Because in the last Mm -hmm. week, I wasn't until we ended up having a great conversation. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, fuck. I've like been acting out of fear in terms of like, I want all the validation because I'm scared I'm going to lose this Mm -hmm. rather than I'm acting like in like you know i'm touchy-feely because i just want to be touchy-feely it was more like i'm touchy-feely because i need the touchy-feeliness to make me feel secure (laughs) yes i i think 
yeah, I can completely relate to that. I think yeah. I've really recognised like codependent habits for sure. And both you and I are yeah. both. We why do we get so fucking codependent? Is this daddy oh, issues? Is this fu- yeah, <laughs> fucking, it's daddy, fucking issues? daddy issues? Oh, but also so we can't blame our parents for everything. Oh my god, hold on, let's read it out. Okay, I came across the most fucking like deep, brutal Instagram post, and I sent it to Florence immediately because I was like, oh my god, like Instagram is fully attacking me right now. Yeah, Let you me and I, you and I, babe. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay, so this one says. <laughs> This was posted by uh, at the authentic man underscore. And it says, you are an adult now. You can't always blame your past parents and childhood for how you act and the poor choices now. Take responsibility for your life now. Oh, there's so many nows. Fucking hell. Take responsibility. Uh, taking responsibility gives you power. Blaming others makes you powerless. I was like, oh my fucking God. I needed to hear that so hard. Wow, <laughs> yeah. man. Well, man, hit me deep. Oh, shit. That hurts both deep. I was just like, oh, my God, that's literally what we do all the fucking time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it makes us powerless. So we need to just fucking regain some of that back, take yeah. responsibility, take yeah. ownership and be like, right, I need to change. I'm reading a book, yeah. Florence. I'm actually <laughs> reading a book. I can't so remember proud. what the title is, but it, it's a book about <laughs> communication. <laughs> Wow, a book about communication. Maybe I need this as well. Oh, hold on, <laughs> let me find what it is because it's that little sheet. Um, it although uh, my therapist actually yesterday, which was an amazing app app appointment, um, reminded me <laughs> abbreviated that <laughs> reminded me that because um, I'm having sleep issues at the moment, and when I'm getting into bed and I'm on my phone till two a.m. and then I'm like, okay, I'll read a book to go to sleep. And I was like, Mm -hmm. but I'm reading a book. I'm doing something good. And then when I mentioned the title of this book I'm reading, she was like, but that's work. Why are you still working at... And I was like, holy shit. I never thought of it like that. It's it's work. It's not easy, easy watching. Um, The book is... What is it called? Oh, yeah. It's called How to Listen, Hear and Validate. Break Through Invisible Barriers. (laughs) (laughs) I bought this immediately. Oh, Break through invisible barriers and transform your relationships. Wow. So yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna send you a link, Florence. Like maybe we can yeah. uh, learn shit together and be better humans. <laughs> yeah. I mean one great tip that I feel like I've done successfully in the last week mm-hmm. um was listen to my dude and like actually hear what he was saying and hear his experience yeah and like then be like okay like we're just on like we have very different stories so like now i just need to understand his story so that i can then feel safe and secure in my own story mm-hmm. and not got- get triggered Amazing. by past situations because Fuck. i'm very like i feel myself getting very triggered all the time as a fear that I will end up in the same situation that I was in with my ex. Yeah, absolutely. The The listening, I think, is something that we can all take. Listening is so yeah. hard. And also, yeah. I recognise that I'm actually quite self-centred sometimes. Actually, a lot of the time. So I believe that I'm the one that should be talking all the time and telling people stuff all the time. <laughs> and it's like, no, I need to take a seat back 
and listen to other people. That's how I learn. That's if I don't listen, then I'm never going to learn and I'm never going to grow. Mm-hmm. So we need to sit back and listen. And it's so yeah. hard. Why is it so fucking yeah. hard? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I want to be the one that's always right. I want to be perfect. Yeah, Fuck. I know. Fuck you. But we have an exciting podcast for you today. We have Dane mm-hmm. Baptiste on the podcast today. He's an amazing comedian and he has such powerful insights onto the world of comedy, sex, gender, politics, yeah. everything. everything. Really looking forward to talking to him and for you yeah, to let's... all hear it. Let's get him on. Hi, welcome, Dane. Welcome to Fuck's Given. Please tell our curious fuckers a bit about who you are and why why you're here. I don't know why I'm grilling you like that. Why are you no, here? No, it's, it's a good. It's a, it's a question that we all ask ourselves on a daily basis, Reed. So it's all good. Uh, so what's up, fuckers? Uh, how you fucking doing? Uh, I'm Dane. I am a comedian, uh, a podcaster, uh, a writer, an occasional actor, and I produce here. At, 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 every, every now and again, I get to produce some stuff, but I'd say that my uh, primary title would be that I'm a stand-up comedian and an observational comedian. So Dane, what what is... Okay, so when I wrote this on, I wanted to ask you what... I, don't, I can't even say it. Sex as a comedian, right? And Florence yeah. read that and was like... I read it this morning in Reed's notes and I was like, why would sex be different when you're a comedian? Hmm. But I meant it in the sense no, of a good like... Question. What's, what's, I guess, no, because the question I guess is that in terms of sex as a topic, how is that maybe interpreted in comedy or how is it approached? Yes, that was what her question really meant. But for me, I was just like, wow, maybe comedians like laugh during sex or do they crack jokes when the dick's inside (laughs) or whatever? Comedy, I think, is one of the very effective ways that uh, women are able to discuss their sexuality. And in terms of the movement of sex positivity, I would definitely uh, say that some of the uh, plaudits for advancing that movement should go to comedians because, I mean, myself personally, I probably wouldn't know about the uh, intricacies of sex when you're a trans woman if I didn't know from comedians. I love watching comedy in sex. I find it hilarious. And I don't know why, I always have, but a lot of people don't find it funny. But it's it mm. seems to be a, a main theme when there's comedy especially for stand-up but it's most comedians are talking about sex in some way shape or another by talking about everything quite facetiously it kind of kind of takes away from uh the seriousness of it and i think it just kind of uh relaxes everybody in the room it's a very effective icebreaker or sometimes if you do a show and there's like someone's come with their family members and you're talking about sex it's like i'm sitting here with my mom and i'm like so the fuck what she's got a pussy too that's why you're here so i'm not changing what i said she, uh, you... she, before she was your mother she was a woman with her own pussy and her own clitoris and you need to understand that yeah do, do it's crazy get... that it's something that we all do yeah it's like the one thing that no one wants to talk about exactly I just, I it's think so that's why bizarre we... like and it's never made sense to me do you ever get into trouble with your comedy or your stand-up uh, do people um, get offended it'd be a loss to me kind of artistically if no one got angry at what mm-hmm. i said because, yeah. for example, like the fact that if I'm discussing the fact that some people actively repress conversations about sex or some people enable others to feel shame about their own sexuality, then I may, may, might make fun of those people because I don't see the point in it. And then people get very upset about <laughs> it. And uh, yeah, so if they do feel uncomfortable, then for me, I'm, that's absolutely fine. And sometimes I think it's important because that moment or that lack of comfort or discomfort that somebody feels, I'm like, well, how this momentary bit of discomfort you might feel 
is the shame that someone who might be from a more marginalized community has to deal with all the time. So you can now, now you have that, you can probably work towards a, a path of more empathy. I, I mean, I love how controversial sex in comedy can be and how comedy can be. Um, what are the sort of trends or patterns that you're seeing in comedy? And mm. what would you like to see for the future of comedy? Um, I think the, the trends that I've seen that have been most encouraging, but I guess I saw it very early on when I started doing comedy was, um, yeah, I think women kind of reclaiming their own sexuality and being able to talk about sexuality and their sexual acts. Um, one of the first thing I observed, and I always laugh about it because I just like seeing like men becoming very uncomfortable about women being able to talk about their sexuality. Um, <laughs> but I understand that and some, unfortunately for women, sometimes it can be a double-edged sword because there's so much shame around sex. Because I say it to men all the time is what you don't understand is if you're a woman as a comedian and you go on stage and you tell a joke about sucking a dick, like it could be a great, it'll be a great joke. But the thing is some women, a lot of women might laugh along and they'll laugh along in solidarity with you and, that, and it can go well. But on the other hand, like if you make a great joke about sucking dick and you're an attractive woman, and a guy's with his girlfriend and he starts laughing, his girlfriend's gonna look at him and be like, what's so fucking funny about her sucking a dick? And then he's like, oh, oh okay, no, I shouldn't laugh at that. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have no idea what she's talking about. Or tickling balls, that sounds very childish. And so it can be very difficult because as a woman, a lot of time, like with any other walk of life you're in, you're judged on your appearance first before anything else. Mm -hmm. And then people use that as their, uh, to preface anything you're saying before actually listening to what you have to say. So it can be quite difficult. But then by the same token, if you then try to dress down in a way where you don't want to accentuate your figure or your beauty, then as I'm sure you know, people are less inclined to listen to a woman that's not perceived as conventionally attractive. So yeah. you, it's, 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 you gotta find mm -hmm. that aesthetic balance first, then you gotta be funny Fucked. as well. And then mm -hmm. you have to overcome the fact that people try to reduce the narrative of women and be like, oh, these women just talk about their periods and blah, 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 blah. And then I'll be like, yeah, mm -hmm. but if I started bleeding at my dick at 12, I'd tell fucking everybody. <laughs> so there'll be, no, there'll be no war story you could tell in front of me. Well, you know mm -hmm. what? My friend got shot. Well, I bleed yeah. at my dick. So fuck your friend. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> if men had any of the issues that women deal with on the regs, on the regs, on the regular, yeah. like I don't, I don't know what would be happening. I don't well, even my newest, think my newest like, joke now is I say to guys now, anymore. This is it. I said to my, I got, I wrote a joke recently where I was saying like, I don't, men, do you understand that like, vaginas can become infected if they're washed with too much soap and they they get BV and they're like BV and I'm like, so you men are all here and you don't know what uh, BV stands for. That's you don't even know what the V stands yes. for. It's fucking ridiculous. So then I'd be like, it affects the pH, and now and they'd be like pH. Oh, I'm like, I love yeah, pH, this. which I think stands for pussy health. I haven't done all the research, <laughs> but. It's, just, just because it doesn't, you don't want it to be too soapboxy, but it's still quite oh. comedic. But again, it's yeah. introducing these like more finer points of obstetrics and gynecology to people that wouldn't mm -hmm. normally listen to it. Um, I like to work it into my material as well. And the whole, I guess my whole premise behind a lot of my jokes where I'm talking about vaginal jokes or sex-based or sex -based jokes or my mm -hmm. pussy-centric material is the fact that it's like, I say to men, like you think like a vagina is wonderful to you because it's like the magic kingdom. But having a womb as a woman is like the state of Florida. Yes, there's Disneyland, but then there's all the blood and the craziness and the gunshots. And sometimes you worry if that part is a part of the rest of the landmass, just like Florida. <laughs> is it even a part of America? And uh, most yeah, women, people so trying true. to take control of that landmass. Right, what the people fuck? trying to take control it's of it. Conservatives battling liberal parts of it. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it's understand. It's getting men to understand that that you know, you want to talk about complexity or how to be deft in comedy. 
trying to explain what it's like having a vagina, like, is, you know, there's so much material in that. So for me, yeah, it's I love like, that you get it. What the hell? I've never I know. heard a guy talk like this about <laughs> vaginal health before. That's that's what I mean. It's like you have to come on. Please talk about yeah. vaginas. <laughs> but, no, but, but this is this is it. It's like it's like you know. I've got I've got an abortion joke and I see men and some people get uncomfortable about it. I'm like, well, mm. I've sat in an abortion clinic. It's not fun for anybody there. And so anyone who wants to have an opinion on the legis- on legislation of women's bodies, unless you're going to do the research or actually have that dialogue with women, why would you ever think about having a conversation about it? And I guess, and for me, you know, it's like comedy for me is an honest form of politics. And if we're a true democracy in this part of the world, there's more women than there are men. So to understand the disposition of the largest voting demographic in this part of the world just makes sense. And also, uh, yeah. I've got a mum and it's just, and sisters and I've got a partner. Like, you should be, you should want to understand people in the first place. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like, you know, it just speaks to men as well. And I guess it's part of the existential question. Why would you put your dick in something you don't understand? I think I saw something on TikTok the other day about just like there's this whole plethora of men that just don't like women but yeah. and they love men they love men they love hanging out with men but they're not homosexual yet they will then use women and hang out with women but they hate hanging out with women but they have to have mm-hmm. a wife and they love men yeah it's it's insane yeah and and that's the thing as well is that I guess I'm trying to work towards yeah, dismantling that weird paradoxical position that men have where men mm-hmm. are being like, so the large part of the conversation now is about like body counts and how many yeah. women have a partner someone has been with, but then it's coming from men who do not want to be in a long-term committed relationship with the first woman they meet. So then it's mm-hmm. like, well, then if you don't want women to be able to have casual sex with you, then how can you talk about body counts? And while we're on the subject, mm-hmm. the only type of people that use body counts as a description of their success are serial killers. So... <laughs> It's only serial killers and sex that we talk about body counts. So again, it's like we need to really look at the language we're using to describe what's supposed to be one of the most uh, beautiful and enjoyable human practices that we have. Why are we using like more like morose terms like body count or smashing or killing? Yeah, body count means literally how many people you killed. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, And I I think it's, it's all about, and it all goes back to the shame and repression where... We, it's, it's suggested to all of us, particularly men, that sex is something you almost have to trick women out of getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? That it's like, why, we, yeah, why do we why, do that? Why do you have to feel like... And, and I guess it's because there is an equivalent shame that men have about sexual congress as well that they just don't necessarily discuss. And I think one of the issues as well, particularly about patriarchal ideology, is that men are told that their prowess with women uh, is equal to their masculinity. And mm-hmm. they and like with any other capitalist pursuit, by hook or by crook or by any amoral methods, as long as you get it, mm-hmm. the objective, then that's um that's the goal really. But um, I remember I, I listened to a song by a rapper called Immortal Technique called uh, Pimpology. Yeah. Where he's basically saying like, oh, you men out here who's like, oh, you can just fuck a woman and leave her. It's like someone mm-hmm. bit, someone thought that way about your mother. That's why you're in a single parent household. Yeah, fuck. And so, that, so and see that spoke that spoke that spoke to me about a kind of thing that it's like, you know, some of you guys I don't think you understand. Like, there are men you know, who are your seniors who might regard members of your own family that way, and mm-hmm. yeah. you need to think about the effects of that. So, and I guess for me, 
that's also been very helpful. Like, so in my family, my mom's got six sisters and then her sisters have got like two daughters each. And I was the first boy that was born in that generation. So mm -hmm. for me, it was like wall to wall women kind of thing. And so I guess there was never any mystique about understanding women or speaking to women. But I guess most importantly, it meant that a lot of the more flippant or casual sexism or misogyny that I would hear from people or what people display, I saw the effects of that in these households. And I think what it really is, particularly with incels, is that they uh, are afraid of or don't like how women make them feel about themselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. or, yeah. how, or how 100%. they think women make them feel about themselves. And, you know, I think a lot of men are waking up to uh, having a hangover and waking up to a truth whereby, like, particularly when, let's say, four or five years ago, we, we even began having open discussions about uh, rape culture. A lot of men didn't understand it because they've been taught, particularly, like, I remember watching American Pie and films of that nature where guys yeah, would do same. lots of insidious shit or like in American Pie, like it's supposed to be an iconic scene where um, Shannon Elizabeth is like masturbating on um, Jim's bed. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is being streamed to everyone at your school. Like, men have to go to jail for this. Like, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not supposed to be filming a woman masturbating and you men are watching that. There's something not right about that. And yeah. it's just one of these films whereby it's like people would do weird shit and then be like, I did it because I love you. And then the woman's supposed to go, oh, you, you know, invaded my privacy and watched me behind my back because you love me. Oh, that's cool. Don't we, won't we need these panties? And I always just feel like, yeah, that's not okay. Like, yeah. you can't justify your behavior or any kind of, like, deplorable behavior by saying because I love you. But the problem with a lot of these films as well is that it also taught these men that women will go through a ritual or a rite of passage where they'll be used by other strong, perceived to be stronger, more masculine men and then at the end of that, they look at you as a frame of reference for a less threatening man and they should almost take you wow. as by default. Mm -hmm. And obviously, as women, you understand, I don't like him. He's not nice to me. But that's because he doesn't, he's not nice to me and I don't like him. Doesn't mean I like you. And yeah. Yeah. a lot of men who've not been able to accept that truth, that, because, yeah. you know, guys will be like, well, I'm a nice fucking guy. So what's the problem? Yes. There's no problem. You, there's no question about your being a nice guy. Just that that doesn't predispose you to being able to have me and my body. And yeah. I think it's a very hard truth for men in the West to accept. And it's mm. also create a lot of men from outside Western culture who come from uh, sexually repressive societies are also being exposed to a whole new dimension of women's sexuality without mm -hmm. knowing how to process this. They're, they're being presented with a whole new idea of like overt sexuality and women can be explicit or reclaiming their sexuality and they come from societies where if a woman shows her ankle, it's like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to see women who are like, well, I want to free my nipple and all this other stuff. Literally, some of these men just do not know how to handle it. Yeah, they really they just don't. Know to, they don't know yeah. what to do. They don't know where to look. And uh, yeah. It was interesting what you're saying about the whole like nice guy thing. I hear that quite a bit. But um, I think the best way, I, I can't really say now because um, I learned this from Crossbreed, which is this sex party in the UK, which got shut down recently um, because of uh, non-consensual rumours, or not rumours, I don't want to say rumours, it was rumours on a forum that they did not ignore um, about the person who actually 
made the whole thing so it's all really horrible and twisted um and yeah they got rid of it but they they said in their training that just because you think you're a nice guy doesn't mean to say that your presence alone makes somebody feel uncomfortable and it's that idea that i don't think people can understand it's but like i'm a nice guy i would never do anything bad but you don't have to do anything at all you just being there standing there or being a man unfortunately can make people feel so uncomfortable or triggered or even like you know some kind of trauma response which is it is a shame but it needs to be recognized absolutely it's exactly as i was saying when we when we met on unapologetic i was saying to her i had a conversation with a friend it's uh it's the uh the walk to the shop complex where like yeah. you might see a woman and be like hey there and she doesn't reply and it's like why is she rude i'm just trying to be friendly i'm just being nice it's like you don't know what her trip was like just to go to the shops. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of men yeah. don't really understand that. It's like, you have to understand, even by you saying hello to a woman by herself, like she has to now play out a number of scenarios in her head where it's like, I can say hello back to you. And if then you might interpret that as me wanting to reciprocate and for you to continue speaking to me, but that's not what I want. I can ignore you. And then you might become belligerent because I've ignored you and I'm in danger for another reason. Or mm -hmm. let's say I say hello back. And your wife comes back out from the toilet or some shit like that. Now I'm the whore trying to steal her husband. So <laughs> yeah. is, is this scenario is that all these things that women have to entertain with every exchange with a man that a lot of men don't understand. It's like, you know, sometimes men is like, well, I, I had no intention of doing anything to this woman. So why should I have to cross the road when I see her? Like, it's not to do with you. Yeah. It's that you do not understand what it's like for a woman to walk by herself dressed in a certain way. It's like, for, for me, it's like, don't take it as a reflection on you. Just... Just say to yourself, do you know what? If it was my partner or it was my sister, I'd be happy if whoever that brother was will cross the road. Or just, you know what? Just understand it makes someone feel better. And if you really are someone trying to endear yourself to this woman, then sometimes saying nothing, she probably appreciate that a lot more than anything else. Like if you're a bunch of men standing together, just make a little space for her to walk past you on the sidewalk or the pavement. Mm -hmm. You probably will do you a lot more favors than your image that you trying to say something like, nice night out tonight, yeah. isn't it? Because that's how horror films begin. So <laughs> Literally. But it's weird. It, it's kind of weird. And it's, although guys think that they are just, you know, the nice guy, they do know what men are like. And there's that whole movement online mm. of like dads getting their yeah. daughters to sign contracts to not have a boyfriend until they're a certain age or to Fucking never have hell. a boyfriend. And that has come no from men... Mm knowing how shit other men are right. and they don't I've want got, their daughter to have to, to deal with that because shit. they I know my dad warned me if your dad is warning you if you're yeah. a, if you're right you identify as a female your dad is warning you of other men that means he was bad himself he was just yeah. as bad like you shouldn't have to do that i mean if anything yeah. my dad does the opposite my dad warns my boyfriends to run the fuck away like please <laughs> take the chance run but, yeah it's, it's just like proving it's just it's, it's, but happens. even that is like even that as moral as people think that is for me and I, again i've got a bit on this as well so please do check it out your leisure where it's like, as unfortunately, it takes for a man to have a little woman of their own to realise how unfair the world is to women. So when that mm -hmm. woman has their surname, then they become worried about it. And, you know, again, that's for me as well, is that, like, I guess it's a point of principle. It shouldn't take for me to have my own daughter for me to try and make a better world for women in general. And uh, yeah. But, I, I, yeah, genuinely, I, I think it's definitely just because men really do not have the slightest idea about how much women internalise so far as sexual repression and uh, uh, sexual trauma. And like, mm -hmm. I remember, I think I was like, maybe 
I remember you only found this out like 10 years ago that like eight out of every 10 women have experienced some form of sexual trauma of another kind of one kind or another yeah. before they're 18 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. And, I, and this is the thing I think there's most men do not understand that for men, you talk about like, cause, cause that's the thing about like, when, that's why even the discussion about body count has no weight because for so many women, their body count wasn't even started by them or by their own choice in the first place or their mm-hmm. sexual awakening wasn't something that was in their hands because it could be I was just walking to school in my school uniform and some man shouted some wild shit from a scaffold. Yeah. You'd have no choice yeah. in that as a woman. Oh my God, that happened to me all the time. When I, I used to go time. on holiday when I was like 13 in Italy and I would be catcalled all of the time, like ciao bella and like, Mm-hmm. It's. It was. I was afraid to like be in Italy in particular because mm. I knew that the men there were like so leery. And when I look back to it, I was like, I was so young. I was a yeah. child, and I was being catcalled by these like really disgusting, pervy old men. Yeah. yeah. Or like anytime, anytime I walk past a construction site and I see men in, especially mm. if they're in like yellow jackets or if they're just working there, I've already got my like you know like i've stopped my music i've like i've got my back up ready to fight because i'm like i'm gonna get leered at i'm gonna get shouted at something yeah. something's gonna go down just because as a kid it was just so normal or yeah you wouldn't even call it like even as a child as a girl you wouldn't even call it like sexual impropriety or you wouldn't even call it like you know sexual trauma you, you probably don't have a word for it you just you're no. it's almost every woman in one normal. way or another has to learn to almost be this, yeah. have to sec- be sexually streetwise, and yeah, yeah it'd be it'd be considered normal. And yeah. the the irony being, a lot of these men that have these views are the first ones being like, "These fucking nonces want hanging." They do. <laughs> it's like it's your friends that are yeah. saying this shit on the construction <laughs> sites. Yeah, and, yeah. And then, yeah My mum once said to me, she was like, "Oh, it's like it's weird." The guys don't catcall me on the street anymore, and she was like, "That's when I realized yeah. that I had like gotten older." But it's like, why was that your frame of reference for like, yeah. like it was almost just like, oh, that it was validating for us to have these catcalls on the street, and that made us yeah, feel like young and attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, attention, and that attention should not men. be. But, that, but that's the other that side, though. Not women, are, a lot of women are taught that that's that's how they're supposed to interpret validation. So I yeah. can understand why a mum would have that idea in the same way that there's a lot of men, sometimes a guy will be like, oh, say something to that girl. And you might be like, I don't even know her. And they'll be like, what's wrong with you? What, are you gay or something, bruv? And yeah. even there's this whole yeah. pressure there as well where guys would be like, okay, herb, 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 herb. Like, <laughs> when I was a kid, <laughs> like, what it sounds like. when my friends, like when we first started like driving cars and stuff and, you know, it's like, oh, look at those nice girls over there. Like, even then mm. I used to be like, I don't understand why you think driving up to somebody in, at nighttime or even during the day when we're, there's four of us there's four of us in the car what are we going to say that this woman's going to go well I was on my way to the bank but who needs money today when I can get my yeah. pussy battered guys screwch up guys screwch up <laughs> what's this a 1.4 yeah. oh, I hate God. the ones I had like recently in London someone's being like oh you dropped something you dropped something and I'm like looking around being like uh, why? Or like, yeah. I've, I've recently, and I ended up shouting at the person because I, I was walking mm. to go and get water, and it was it was somebody in a group of people as well, mixed gendered people, and it was some guy, and he was like, he was like, hey, hey, hi, hi, 
and just like kept going and I ignored him on the way there but when he carried on when I came out of the shop like after filling up my water bottle and I was like what 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 would you possibly want like why and why are all your friends sitting there just like thinking it's okay like what did he say he, nothing that was it Sorry. it was just trying to get my attention there was nothing Fuck there me. there was no point it wasn't even like can I get your number you're beautiful there was nothing it was just he wanted me to look at him or something I don't fucking know but I just yeah I lost it yeah. I was like how, are, but how I, I, I wouldn't even say you, lo- you didn't but you didn't lose it though because that suggests that you had a <laughs> disproportional emotional response to a fucking random yeah. calling you on the street when if you get a phone call on your phone and they go Hi, Mrs. Reed. You recently, you'd be like, nope, I don't, yeah, I don't know who you it. are. Oh, I've got my number. And it's, this is yeah. even more, this is even more intrusive. So it's not like a disproportionate response. Again, it's this one of these things where I try to think things, even things, think about things logistically where I'm like, even if she responded, if you really care about somebody or you're really attracted to them, if it would be that easy to engage with them, how profound will your coupling connection or interaction with them really be? How how special yeah. could it be? And also, again, as I say, what could anybody say in the history of saying things that would make a woman cross the street to get into your car in the opposite direction? Also, aren't you on your way to doing something today? <laughs> so it, I just don't understand to some people when it's like calling stuff like that, it doesn't make sense. And it, it's like even when I see guys who were just trying to talk to loads of girls, I'm like, well, is it, is it a numbers game to you? Like, do you have like what is there no nuance to the woman you're attracted to or what you want from the woman you are whose time you're taking up because if it's a question of you know you just want the gratification you probably should stick your dick in a glory hole and it's a lot <laughs> yeah. less trouble for you yes yeah you know, please, please, it's, please go it's so weird that people have such a stigma hole. towards things like sex work when sex work mm-hmm. would very easily remedy whatever itches these people have if you are so in you are so kind of i suppose like could be in control by your libido. If your libido is controlling you so much that you are shouting yeah. in the street, then you probably should go and see a sex worker. Yeah. yeah. They probably let you use a condom and a megaphone. Yeah. So if that's what you're into. Okay, I'm going to throw a huge curveball into this because when you were speaking about music before, um, mm-hmm. it made me think of, and it's a really popular song at the moment, it's like, How Can I Be Homophobic? My Bitch Is Gay. Yeah. What do we think of that song? Because I, I hear it everywhere and I've got really mixed feelings about it. I'm not really into it. I don't have a massive anything massively against Central C. Seems like a, a nice young man for the most part. But I guess obviously he's been brought up in an environment whereby, and again, mm. it's very much about the whole Western disposition, which I'm sure you've noticed, is that when it comes to uh, homosexuality, uh, aesthetically, there's a we're much more open to the idea of two feminine lesbians engaging in mm-hmm. sexual acts together yeah. then maybe feminine seeing like a stud yeah. or a butch lesbian or two men or trans women because mm-hmm. again it's, there's almost there's like a patriarchal ownership that comes with that whole aesthetic of I like girls who kiss girls and there's almost like there's the supposition like it's not actually very serious because no penetration technically takes place as far as yeah. people want think it does they're like well yeah they're obviously two attractive or two attractive lesbian women are all almost sexually fluid enough to also entertain a man because I think a lot of, because again a lot of these men have seen the the closest thing they've seen is girl girl scenes mm-hmm. so that's why so that song kind of plays into that whole kind of idea where it's like I'm not a homophobe because I am in a relationship with a woman who's sexually fluid enough to have 
like relations with other women and by that he means threesomes so, yes. yeah 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 for so sure it's all, part of, it's, it's all part of that same kind of like patriarchal understanding of like same-sex relations between women yeah and what mm-hmm. and the kind of women that men are comfortable seeing in those positions as well yeah because, I'm, I'm in yeah. two minds because he's he is making there is an element of it that is becoming you know more mainstream more co- commercialized obviously not necessarily for the best reason it's the same argument with um big companies doing the pride thing there's mm. the half of me that's like well anything that's moving towards the mainstream direction i i agree with and i think is is better than nothing but there's also the other side of you know that you know it's it's only acceptable under his rules for example or under yeah, exactly. their rules or only like once a year for whatever yeah. reason um i mean a lot of the language he used in the song anyway was like complicated it was almost like he tried to be almost hyper masculine to counteract the fact that his bitch was gay and then he's using the term bitch as well which i really yeah, struggle yeah. with i'm like fuck's yeah. sake what's happening and, that, and that's it but it's like he's, it he's playing so the light he's trying to play the line of inclusivity but it's also about trying to maintain an image as well yeah and yeah i think i think in some mm-hmm. ways it's kind of like well if you're going to do it do it properly i don't really bother doing it because exactly. really when you when you do interrogate the lyrics it's like i mean if your bitch was really gay that would mean that you're either a trans woman or you are a gender you're a gender queer woman <laughs> who's yeah, dressed as a very very attractive like a uh, lesbian stud so yeah. that's, that could be one way of looking at it so <laughs> To wrap this podcast up, we would love to ask you your fuck off story, which is a sex story or a sex tale mm-hmm. that kind of makes people go fuck off in response. Mm. I'm not sure because like, I feel like, and I say this with gratitude, there's a lot of things that men <laughs> embellish about that I have been able to actually enjoy in my uh, uh, sexual uh I suppose it, my my sexual journey, so mm-hmm. there's not a lot of fuck yeah. off stuff. Because if I tell you guys, you'd be like, yeah, obviously, blah blah blah. But whereas men no, might be like, no, but there no, is, no fucking way. There is no shame or judgment here. Some people say that they've never had a fuck off story, or that their fuck off story is going to happen. You know, it's we're accepting of all of all kinds. Or if you have like a friend's fuck off story, <laughs> you just slip <laughs> in there. My my I get my only fuck off story is that I my old housemate. Um, used to uh i think i guess like most men would so my thing is a lot of people say i was quite effeminate because i'm quite uh open about emotions and i talk about mm, stuff yeah. emotionally i'm quite articulate when i don't like something and they say like, i don't really know men that talk that much about their emotions on as i speak called quite effeminate so he was one of these guys who would be like sometimes you get really emotional so i came home from a date once and i'm washing my hands and I think I was like half asleep so I got back quite early in the morning I washed my hands and I think I was backing up to like grab a towel and I was like ow what the fuck and my like someone had hit me in my back I turned around <laughs> the biggest dildo is stuck to the back of the door <laughs> the biggest blackest dildo and I say black as in not, not like it was like a replica of a black person's phallus it was just yeah. pitch like pioneer <laughs> HDTV quality black just yeah, we do wanging off color. the back of that of the door. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and basically, I think that began a... Uh, <laughs> that was a snowball that began an avalanche of discover- discovering this guy's uh, sexual proclivity where, my oh! goodness, 
he my was penny into, is dropped. Yeah, he was into loads of stuff. And I just think it's so, and I just think it's so common. So my fuck off story really is that like, for all of the discussions that we hear about men and incels and how judgment of men of women or their standards, that it's like, as I'm sure you know, you'd be surprised how much what men are into and how much they are, like things like pegging and all this other stuff, like mm-hmm. uh, so much more people are into it than you would ever think. So yeah, my, yeah. So, but my fucking yeah. story is basically like, yeah, somebody who was like, I think, you know, you sure you're not gay? The biggest dildo you've ever seen. <laughs> no, not you've ever seen. <laughs> but it's like, you know, this thing is like- Love it. <laughs> Like this, off the hanging off the wall, and uh, oh. but you know what? It was. It's uh, always the ones. Height. It's always the ones that are very vocal about not being okay with it. Mm-hmm. That are like the, projection. Oh, yeah. the fl- most fluid, the most kinky, the most sexual. Yeah, yeah, and because they're, they're scared the and they're, they're yeah, ashamed. They're, they're so scared and, and they repress stuff. And it's for me, like I guess like, all of my fuck up stories are normally from people that yeah, men that speak the most. It's like uh, yeah, normally something to hide. Like I remember going mm-hmm. to a strip club with a guy. And I don't know what he said to the stripper, but she took his money and did not do the dance. And I just find <gasps> that hilarious because oh he used to talk so much God. about like being like, you know, a Lothario with the women and doing well with women. And I was mm-hmm. like, if you can't, <laughs> can't, if you can't pay a stripper to strip for you, then that is yeah, not great. Yeah, you can't buddy. behave. Thank you so much for that amazing fuck-off story. Well, two fuck-off stories. Yeah, thank you. It's yeah. hilarious. And for such an incredible insight, it's really refreshing to hear that. Um, Mm -hmm. Before you go, I wanted to ask if there are any people listening to this podcast now, what kind of things could you recommend for dudes, for guys, for people to listen to or do to maybe not fall into that category of man we've been speaking about? Uh, Yeah, good question. I'd say to any guy, like, and speaking honestly, a lot of men, you watch porn and you fantasize about women that you are with performing these same acts that you see in these scenes. That will only happen with somebody who trusts you and understands that you value them and their personhood. Like, it's very rare with any person you meet that you'll be able to accurately crack uh, whatever their sexual inclinations are. So, like, if you want someone to do all the wild shit, whether it's, like, come in their mouth and they spit it back up on your dick and balls and suck it back up again, or give you a rim job, (laughs) or do any of the freaky, nasty shit you see in pornography then you need to be able to discuss that with somebody. And the odds are, if that person feels comfortable and they feel respected, they'll probably do that shit for you. So mm-hmm. let's talk about it. And also, at the end of the day, some guys have this idea where you're like, well, I wouldn't want to do that to somebody I care about. What's the fucking point? And blah, blah, blah. Well, that doesn't make any fucking sense either. Because once again, mm-hmm. it's like, how are you going to enjoy yourself if you're doing it with someone who doesn't enjoy it? It's very, very weird. Yeah. So uh, treat yourself better. So that would be my advice. Uh, because mm-hmm. and I can tell you this for free guys anytime anal has come up in my life I've always been offered and never had to insist because yes again, thank you if people feel comfortable they will be able to suggest these things to you and if you provide a space whereby they know they'll be respected not judged for whatever their sexual proclivity or kinks may be then yeah. uh, you'll be blessed even if that is casual wow. and uh, at the end of the day you have to uh, contribute to the world you want to see so if you are somebody who doesn't want someone to be in your words promiscuous then you can't also expect to go around having casual relationships with people as well um but at the end of the day my advice to most people is that uh there's a reason why sex is called a flower because when it blooms that plumage only lasts for so long so you have to enjoy it in the summer of your lifetime because as the autumn and winter appears being able to get out of bed will be more important than who you get into bed with so enjoy that time and (laughs) don't let anybody else 
You know, mm-hmm. no one else is paying rent on your genitals or your bedroom. So it doesn't yeah. matter what the fuck yeah. anybody else thinks when it comes to the welfare of those regions. So Amazing. I love the wisdom you just shared. Thank you yes. so much. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been such My a pleasure. pleasure. Anytime. You Thank here. you for having me. It's been great. And uh, I would love to have you guys back on my podcast as well. To <gasps> love that. I would love yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Before you go, please tell our curious fuckers where they can find you, all your handles, and your podcast too. Hey, fuckers. Yeah. So, again, my name is Dane Baptiste. Uh, I'll be doing talking about sex and stuff. So, uh, please do check out my content on all your good social networks. If you enter in Dane Baptiste in your search, my name should come up. Uh, my podcast is called Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, soon to feature your wonderful uh, hosts here, um, which is available on Spotify <laughs> or wherever you get your podcasts from. So, just Google it, Dane Baptiste, and you can see all things it's mainly me just trying to yearn for a better word and being like dicks and pussies dicks dicks and pussies yeah that's our favorite type of content basically in a nutshell thank you so much speak to you soon so we really hope you enjoyed this episode everybody and of course if you love us then make sure you're shouting about this episode on social media the best thing you can do is word of mouth for us florence and i are currently doing this by ourselves so uh, you just have to bear with us for the time being but i think i think we're doing a good job right florence i I think we're doing all right yeah independence and all that like indie records (laughs) over here until we Uh, lose our minds (laughs) yeah but obviously make sure you rate and subscribe and follow on all platforms and we will see you next thursday curious fuckers yes next thursday lots of love Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.